Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you'll learn from the experiences of America's most innovative and successful farmers as they shorten your learning curve, increase your yield, ROI, and profit. This episode of Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Sylvius Financial, the company that offers customized risk management solutions for your farming operation. Sylvius Financial integrates crop insurance with government programs and grain and cattle marketing to achieve profitability for your farm. And now, here is your host, Damian Mason. Greetings and welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. You tune in to us for a few minutes and we promise we're going to shorten your learning curve. We're going to give you agronomic business insights, information, experimental data, trials that you can then apply to your own farming operation. Well, today we're talking about business. We're specifically talking about money, as in mo money. Mo money. You know what? Who doesn't want to make money? I know I make jokes about farmers go to the, you know, go to these conferences and they get together and they love that. It used to be a funny thing. These farm guys all talk about how they didn't make any money. Well, you know what? This is a business. And if you're an extreme ag listener, and if you're an extreme ag subscriber, for crying out loud, you view this as a business. Business and you look at how you can make more money because it is a business. Oh, it's a lifestyle. Well, great. You know what I know? They know lifestyle if the business isn't taken care of first. So we're talking about money and we're talking about the protections, but also the tools you can do to get bigger gains off of what you're already doing. You might be leaving money on the table. Jared Clark is the CEO of Sylvius Financial. Uh, they are a company that integrates crop insurance with government programs with commodity marketing, specifically on the grain and cattle side. And so what he's going to talk about today, frankly, is just this thing of how you can get more money out of using the tools that you're already using. Maybe you're not using them as effectively as you can. Jared, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, all right. Crop insurance. Prices are pretty well set by the government. Uh, the government subsidizes the premium for the crop insurance. I've worked for dozens of crop insurance organizations, uh, speaking engagements. It's all the same, right? Pretty much it's all the same. What's the difference? Yeah, it is the same. Um, you know, as you mentioned, premiums are the same. It doesn't matter who you go to. Um, the majority of all the subsidized products, they're all the same. Uh, we all have access to the same toolbox, if you will. Um, but it's not the same when you go to work with a company. Um, you gotta, you need to work with a company that knows how it works. Um, and what are you trying to accomplish? Um, I'll keep referencing a meeting I just sat in and it's just, uh, it's fun to really be able to sit down and depending on what the problem is, how do you solve that problem? And how do you illustrate that to a customer so that he can see how the problem is being solved beforehand. Yeah, so I want you to get into the stories in a little bit, but what you're telling me is, um, you know, at some point it's a commodity. Uh, the crop insurance is a commodity, but there's ways that you as a farm operator can use that commodity differently than your neighbor is using that commodity crop insurance, and you can get uh, compensatory gains, as they would say, in the feed yard business, right? Absolutely. Yeah, this is a service industry. Um, as much as it is sales, this is service. And so, you know, our edge is not in pricing, it's in service. How can I know my products better and be able to lead and guide a prospect or a customer into the correct insurance products that not only work for him, but also allow him to 
um, that match up with his marketing and his farm programs and, and ultimately get him so that he has a profitable, biz profitable business. Jared, um, a problem that you see and that maybe farmer operators see, and then there's the example of the problem you see that they don't see when it comes to planning out your year. And really, it's about obviously risk mitigation, right? Uh, I mean, let's 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 be honest here. The average person likes to say, "Oh, well, you know, these farmers—they're just—they're at risk. The weather, the prices. Well, the reality is, there's a lot of tools in place to mitigate or at least tremendously minimize that risk. So there's an understanding that we need to do it. But you see a lot of mistakes. You see a lot of problems. Farmers see a lot of problems, and they may not see their mistakes. Walk me down that road. Problem that you see first off. Yeah, problem. Problem number one is. Um, it's insurance. I mean, honestly, who likes dealing with insurance? Not me, I don't nobody, like dealing right. with my car insurance, my house insurance, um, my life insurance. We could go on and on with those. Mm -hmm. And so as a farmer sits down, they, in general, they don't really care to learn more about insurance. It's just another expense. And so even as the markets are skyrocketing, mm -hmm. we, we could get really good protection under us. It's insurance. Yeah. So um, uh, farm, farmers love production. You know, that's yeah. every meeting you go to, I can get another bushel. We right here on Extreme Ag is cutting the curve. We spend a lot of time on agronomic trials and how you can get more yield. But the thing is, there's this other side of things. You know, I came up doing comedy. Most comedy people would rather perform than prepare and write. Okay. But the problem is you can't have the one without the other. So you can't just be all about bushels of corn and pounds of beef. You at some point got to be on the business side. And yeah, there's nothing sexy about insurance. Oh, wait a minute. You got a thousand dollar deductible. You can probably carry it up to a twenty five hundred dollar. I mean, come on. It's it's tediously boring. And as you said, it's an expense. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just an expense. It's just insurance. And um, man, there's so many products out there. Um, that even if you do get interested, you can get lost in the weeds really quickly yeah. in trying to figure out how do, how does the pieces of the puzzle fit together so that I can be happy with my insurance. I'd like to okay, say so the, pro the, the problem you stated, let's say the stated problem is it's boring. Yeah, it's boring. <laughs> well, on the surface, it's boring. Yeah. On the surface, boring. And also farm people. You know, I, I wrote about it in one of my business books, Jared. Most people, business people, business owners, whatever, they tend to gravitate to their strength. You know, the 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 guy, the guy, the guy that the guy that really is good at doing bench presses goes to the gym and by God, he does a lot of bench presses. His, his, <laughs> his legs look like toothpicks, but he does a lot of bench presses. It's the same thing in our business. I really like to plant corn. So by God, the farmer really likes to plant corn. Historically and traditionally, most farm operators uh, are B to C grade at their desk, even though they might be an A in the field. So insurance is one of those things where I think you can bump your, your desk grade up from a C to at least a good B plus if you're handling it right. What problem, what problem then leads to the mistake? Since it's boring and it's not something that's top of mind, are there mistakes being made? Absolutely. Um, probably best way to put it, we've heard this time and time again, sit down with your old insurance agent and well, what do you want to do? Ah, just do same as last year. Well, same as last year, um, we were a little bit wetter. Corn was 458, not 585. I mean, 
how can you just do the same as last year when you're in a completely different game today? Mm-hmm. Now, is last year's answer the correct one? Maybe. But do you know that for sure? Or is that just the easy answer to get out of putting time into, as you will, leg day? Yeah. Nobody likes leg day. Yeah. And, and they, they, you know, they talk about that. I work with, uh, you know, ag retailers and they say the biggest problem I have is I send my sales guy out and he takes the same order he took the previous year. Now, you know what? We got products have changed. It, you know, it's not all glyphosate all the time. It just like it wasn't all atrazine or whatever. And it's kind of the same thing here. We got new products that are coming out of Turnpike and we also got a different marketplace, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Products are coming out faster uh, than the average person can keep up with them, much less understanding them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just landscape. Um, it's not the same landscape as last year. Yeah. Yeah. So we, right now we're heading, in, we're, you and I are recording this, uh, heading into spring of 2022. Um, on a commodity price level, Wall Street Journal article this morning talked about the boom on soybeans. Uh, we got some weather scares going on in South America. We got tremendous demand. Meat consumption is up, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We're talking about $16 beans cash and what, 14 and change uh, new stuff. You know, there, there's some money. There's a lot of money here. What do I need to know with these kinds of commodity prices that I'm not thinking about how Sylvia's financial with the crop insurance, the government program and the commodity marketing can help me make more money? I'm already making more money. $16 beans, I'm making more money. Jared, why do I need you? Well, you know, as we look at it, this is about mitigating risk and and running a business. And the market has handed us a fantastic opportunity. And as much as I think that we still have opportunities left ahead of us, we all know how quick it can change. Um, South America could change. Weather problems in the U.S. could change. So I've just got to pick this back and to an analytical view and say, what am I willing to risk to hit a home run versus what am I willing to risk or not risk and just hit a couple of base hits this year Uh and still have a very good, very profitable year because with the home runs also comes the strikeouts. And, And we hear all about tuning our customers to focus on, let's just start making good base hits throughout the year and work into a very nice, profitable year. Yeah, but you know what? Home runs are sexy. Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, 25 years ago, were in a home run battle. Of course, they're both jacked up on steroids. But <laughs> anyway, people overlook that because home runs are sexy. I want home runs. Why do I Why do I turn to you? Because, again, I won't go back to the problem. You know, remember, in business, what we always seek to do, Jared, is uh, – understanding a customer's problem and then making sure that you can be the solution. So when you're my solution, my problem right now, my problem isn't that I don't have uh, pricey commodities. It looks to me, even though the input prices are up, I think I'm going to make money if, if I'm farming this year. I mean, it just looks like we're really in a nice, good demand picture. So the problem isn't that I can't make money and the problem isn't. So what problem is it that I'm not seeing? That might be the way to look at it. Well, if it's all about home runs, I'd almost throw out, what's the point in buying crop insurance anyways? If you're going to buy crop insurance and you're just going to do what you have always done because it does not matter, then why are you throwing that money out the door in the first place? I love that. You know what what you just did right there? You know what you just did right there? You just did that thing that's kind of like the, 
I'm going to just go ahead and be a salesman by being an asshole. What? <laughs> and you just said, hey, hey, I'll get up and leave this table. If it's all about home runs, you don't need me. You know what? Why insure it all? That's what you just did. Have you ever done that at a customer's table? Hey, if it's all about home runs and you don't think you need this, uh, fine. Don't insure. Have you ever done that? Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. It's a Maybe fact. in a little gentler fashion. Yeah. Uh I like what let's I, I guess you know what because I kept asking you to tease it out because I know that you're you're so close to it sometimes. I said, okay, what problem you fix? What problem you fix? I want home runs. I don't need you because I got this tremendous commodity prices. And you said you're right. So why insure at all? Do you think that's going to be an actual? First off, you challenge the customer and they say, no, I'm not saying that. And then what's the usually the rebuttal? Usually the rebuttal is I in reality I have risk. As farmers, we're all optimists. It's going, man, I have the chance to hit a home run here. But in the end, when you get back down to business with a farmer, they are running a business as you always hammer home. And in the end, when they really realize it, I don't think I'm willing to 100% take all the risk to hit a home run. Mm-hmm. Um, just look at the volatility in the markets. Look at the weather. If we come back to something the farmer is going to want to mitigate some type of risk that he does have today. Okay. So, so even though we, we love the idea of hitting home runs, um, deep down, most of these farm guys and farm women and the operators are going to still admit, okay, all right. I'm, I'm not, I'm not as ballsy as I thought I was. I still want to have the, the risk protection, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We live in a home run derby. Mm-hmm. Is where we want to be. But in reality, we're just trying to get through the season. So the problem problem is that there's a lot of capital at risk. And then the problem uh, is, is that also the product and the crop insurance is boring. And then you come in there and you say, all right, since we've now admitted that you're not just swinging for defenses all the time, because if you were, why, why have insurance at all? Because again, it's what? 40 bucks an acre. What's the number I'm talking about on average? Yeah. I mean, for a general RP, 75% policy where I'm sitting today, um, a 220 bushel corn was going to cost them about 40 bucks an acre. Yeah. So, so I could just, I can just take 40 bucks, you know, and now is that what the farmer pays or is that 40 bucks and split with the government? That's farmer pay. Yeah, so I could just save that 40 bucks and, uh, and not have any of this, but you're saying most people do. Is there a, so we're talking about making more money. Is there a mistake that you see made at the farm office that you, you're like, is the, the, the glaring mistake where you say, Hey, you know what? I see this all the time. And here's why you're doing this wrong. Is there a glaring mistake that's made when it comes to how they look at this part of the business? Yeah, I think, um, you know, as we sit down and really dive into deep conversations that contain all of these pockets of insurance and marketing and government programs, I think the biggest mistake is trying to keep all of this, all of those separate pieces in their own buckets. In reality, it all dumps into one bucket, your bank account at the end of the year. <laughs> um, but we try to make decisions based off of, well, that didn't work last year. Or man, I really think this is going to work. But we very rarely put all of those buckets together. And I think that's the biggest mistake is trying to keep it all very separate. I took a personal finance class uh, at Purdue and it was during my drunken depressed semester. So I, uh, I, I didn't do as well the first time as I needed to. So I'd take it again. 
And you know, the most important thing about taking that class twice, I learned it once really, really good. Uh, and there was a concept that I have never forgotten. And it comes to money. They called it the concept of pocket accounting. And old people are terrible about this. People like my mother when she was still alive. Well, I've got to have this life insurance policy because I pay for my funeral. That's $5,000. That's a terrible investment. And I got to have this. And they went through their whole thing and they had this pocket, this pocket, this pocket, this pocket, this pocket. And somehow they never realized that all those pockets are your pockets and it's all the same thing. You just described the same thing. Looking at a bunch of little drips, not realizing it's the entire deal that we're talking about. It's all like you said, it's all essentially the business. It's all the bank account. It's, it doesn't matter about this, 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 and this. It's not pocket accounting like you're talking about, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, it's one pocket. It's your pocket. And one big pocket. Um, when you uh, when you go out here and you see these things, uh, so you're saying that part of the problem that you see, the mistake you see being made at the farm office is that they they don't have um, a 30,000 foot view, I guess, where it's all the, all realizing the one big pocket. Yeah, I think, yeah, they really need to, um, as many times as it is, you've got to dial down into all of these pieces. You do need to slip up to that 30,000 foot view and see how it works together. So the mistake is there. Uh, what about in, about coverage? Are, are mistakes made on coverage? Do you see these people that are too cheap and they think, well, I'm, you know, it's, I'm just going to do uh, hit by the bus insurance level versus actually make me more money? Because it seems like when we're talking about making more money, it seems like you you could probably prepare me a package that can actually give me profits um, by by altering my spend. Yeah, I think, um, you know, get hit by a bus money, there's nothing wrong with it, but are you really buying it to get hit by a bus? Um, and so I think, you know, as we look at what we're trying to get into, what we're going to spend, what levels, what private products, I really think it's more about what are we trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. um, because I have seen a place where lower levels of insurance with no add-ons, with no nothing, is the right play. Mm -hmm. um, but you really have to understand what am I buying this for? All right. So you're sitting down with me. I farm, let's say, you know, 1500 acres there in Indiana. Let's just say hypothetically, we all know that's not really true because I rent my acres out, but uh, let's just say you're sitting down with me and I'm a row crop guy and we're heading into this 2022. What thing, what thing do I need to know that maybe I don't? Commodity, um, prices look, commodity prices look good. You've already you've already pulled your trick where you threatened to leave and say, well, if you know what, if it's all about home runs, I, you don't need insurance at all. And now I say, okay, no, I do need you. What are you going to tell me that can make me mow money in 2022? Uh, you know, with, with corn price up here in the 580s, I'm really going to be looking at corn price. Okay. You know, at, as we look at insurance and we look at um, the futures and options world, um, you know, how do I come in and start to use the two of these together, one or the other? How do I use them to fit what you can do best and what you want to accomplish? All right. So um, let me well, then walk me through that uh, as a, as an example, because I'm like, all right, let's just say I am a, let's say I am a thousand acre operation and I got, you know, 500 acres in this 500 acres in, in soybeans, 500 acres in corn. I'm thinking I'm going to do half and half. What do you tell me about my 500 acres of corn? Yeah. So corn and, I know you're in Indiana, but I've got a few Texas numbers just from my meeting earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, it's corn price. How do I hedge corn price? Mm -hmm. And so I looked at two insurance products. They're county level products, yep. ECO and SCO. And then I looked at 
the price protection that they provide versus what is the same amount of price protection that I can buy on the markets. And so if I look at these two, to go buy a put spread on the board was going to cost him about 58 bucks an acre today. If I went with ECO and SEO, it was going to cost him about 40 bucks an acre. And so what this allows this gentleman to do that he really liked and hit home with him is, man, I can get some of my initial insurance that has price protection in it under me so that as we talked about, can we see if we can rally higher and move into maybe cash sales or another marketing option later in the year? And so really just efficiently using money out of that one pocket, even though it's going into insurance, um, to really set, set you up with a place where you can let the markets run if they choose to. Jared, you just gave me a difference between 58 and $40 an acre, uh, and that's 18 bucks. And, you know, if you've been around this game long enough, I, I know that there were years where 18 bucks was the profit margin on some acres. Um, and you just told me about that. But what's the difference? Why? why how do they how do I get from the 58 to the 40? And what what? Did it did it cost me some sleepless nights? Did I did I get a crappier product that I just got lucky on? How did I do that? Yeah, I mean, really, what you're doing is you're using subsidized insurance. So ECO is subsidized, you know, in the forty percent range. SCO is subsidized in the sixty percent range. But what are my futures and op what are my options subsidized? Zero. And so I have just come in and used insurance. Yes, it is tied to the county yield, but I've used insurance that is subsidized to solve a problem is where options are not subsidized and I'm paying the full boat. Okay. So uh, I always tell you, give me some stories. You work with a lot of customers. You work with customers from, from tech. You're, you've got a big involvement in Texas, cotton and cattle, but you also obviously are throughout the Corn Belt. Uh, give me a story here about Mo Money. Um you know, I, I, I turn to you because you, you're the one that helps me uh, make more money for my operation. Give me an example. I think last year's a pretty neat place to look back to as we yeah. we came up to 458 corn, you know, was the February average. Um, you know, we're sitting there coming out of what were we used to, $4 corn, 370 yep. corn. Um, I mean, just looking ugly and we're sitting here at 458 corn going, holy smokes, what do we do with this? We haven't seen this in, I lost count of how many years. Um, and so we looked at some of these very similar products, ECO and SEO last year, um, to get initial hedges in. Um, what is interesting is we had a lot of our customer base uh, in the panhandle reach into these products. And then what did they get to do as the year went on? Well, a few, you know, a few of them did nothing but slowly pick off cash sales as the market went higher. Yeah. Great deal. Um, a few of them were able to use that extra 18 bucks this year and look at 580 corn the 1st of May and go, you know what? I'm going to use 18 bucks plus I'll pull a few more bucks out of that market and I'm going to hedge myself at 580 corn now. And so we had a different range of customers that did some things. I think this was a huge success story because in the end, what did it get us to? Well, it got us to a really good cash sales. Cash sales bring the crop into the bank. Mm -hmm. um, the flip side of this is what did they get in September? 
a huge insurance bill. Once again, what did we just do? We dove back into pocket accounting. Uh-huh. What did this insurance bill, why in the world is it more than it's ever been? Mm-hmm. We had to remind them, hey, look at your hedging bill. How much was it? Well, it was half of what it's always been. Correct. As we roll these things up, we were able to get a good hedge under you. So you had the chance to sell some 580, even some $6 corn last year. Okay. So the, this, the example here is, uh, I didn't use my insurance in that example you just laid out. Did I? Yeah. No, didn't use it. Okay. Well, your insurance did not pay you. I'll say your insurance worked perfectly in the fact that it gave you a chance to not sell 458 corn and to sell 580 corn. Okay. So and without gonna, a sleepless night. So what we're going to talk about now is I was protected to where I, I, I didn't have to jump on 458. Is that really what you're telling me the value yeah, proposition it is? is? Yep. I, because I, because I work with you, I don't need to take the first, uh, the first sale that's a sent over my cost of production. Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's plenty of places to get hedges in place so you can wait for the market to rally. And if it doesn't, you're protected. Yeah. So, it, yeah, that's the big thing. So that all of a sudden <clears throat> I'm, I'm saying, well, wait a minute, Jared, I, I know I'd like to sell right now because I know that at 450 or whatever we're talking, uh, I, I can make a nickel over my cost of production. And you're going to tell me, yeah, but let's not get in a hurry to sell because you don't have to. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Now, I will come back, Damien, and say, I think this is where it really becomes individual. The guy I met with this morning, he's 12% sold on corn already. Mm-hmm. There is a place in here to go ahead and get some good hedges on the book based off of what would you like your profitability to look like? Uh, I, I, I don't mind a little bit of gambling. I'm kind of like, uh, you know, in the Super Bowl, I did some gentleman's gambling, you know, uh, 10 bucks here, a dollar here and a dinner for this one. I'm probably not as a full-blown uh, gambler as the average. So if you came to me, I'd say, I don't mind being 12% sold because I'm making good money on that 12%. What if I sold you, what if I told you I want to be 50% sold the way things look right now? Would you tell me, no, don't do that? Uh, no, I wouldn't tell you no. I would model it out for you based off of a profit, profitability risk. Yep. You know, what does your prof, profitability look like from $7 corn to $5 corn? And if 50% accomplishes what you want it to look like, I think it's a great move. But this is where this is not a blanket recommendation. This is very individualized to you and what you want your 500 acres of corn in Indiana to look like. Jared, that 500 acres of corn in Indiana that's worth hypothetically talking about right here, we make a decision now, but also uh, other than the stuff that we've already sold, because that's contractual, you can't get out of that. I don't, I don't need to stick with this plan if things look differently three months from now, do I? No, absolutely not. With, with the ways the market, with, with our options and futures and options, let's say we do fall out of bed to five bucks. You might say, hey, Jared, I, I would like, if we move back up to 580, I would like to give myself a little bit more opportunity. And we can move and adjust according to what the markets have to option. Yeah. So. That's that's the big other than the the commitments to sell, which I've already would have in place. I don't have to stick with anything. What about um, we keep talking about making more money? Uh, and I always like to talk about what things you're seeing. Okay, you you just taught me an example of a, a producer that's twelve percent sold. 
and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, what are you going to do to make him more money than he would have if he didn't have you sitting at that table? Um, you know, I think the big piece of, you know, helping him make more money is one realizing what money he really does have to make. Um, and yeah. and you mean from to being overproduction or do you mean to stay in business? Do you mean to expand? How do we... I think, to, I think um, to stay in business as well as, you know, as we're sitting here talking about a home run, what, what, how far out is the left field fence? Is it, am I hitting a 500 foot home run or am I hitting a 450? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's a big piece is just one realizing, Hey, if we do go to 650 corn, what do I really have to gain versus what do I have to lose? Yeah. Um, so, so that's situational, right? Yeah. Very different for me. It's different for me on my 500 acres in Indiana, which is going to be completely leveraged because I didn't come from nothing and I had to buy it. And I've got a, a higher land payment than the guy that inherited his 500 acres. Is that what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's all, it's different from every single producer. There's not a single one that's alike. <laughs> okay. I think the next, the next piece is getting him into the, you know, getting his risk mitigated correctly. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes making more money is saving money. Um, it's all expensive this year. And so just as I talked about earlier, for this guy, he could move into insurance or he could spend 18 more bucks and do it on the market. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, that is a way that very quickly was able to keep 18 bucks in his pocket. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then as the market moves, we can, we can move around that. We talk about Sylvia's uh, being in the organization that navigates and integrates crop insurance, government programs, commodity marketing. Um, you just gave you an example right there that maybe we, we know we need to get to this dollar amount. We either do it through insurance or we do it through how we market. Um, let's integrate the third thing, government programs. Are there any that we need to know about? Is there something I don't know that's happening? I, I mean, there's not going to be flat payments. It doesn't look like because things are so good in the farm sector, right? Yeah. I mean, as you look at government programs and I'll just stick with ARC or PLC, um, for this guy, a great reminder was um, as he left here, he needed to head to the FSA office mm -hmm. um, just be simply because he wanted to be an SCO, which means he could not be in Arc County. If he's in Arc County, it kicks him out of SCO. So very quickly, the protection that we put in place mm -hmm. by not making the right FSA decision could very quickly get him kicked out of the insurance decision he made. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's the other thing is that uh, you, you uh, are not eligible for certain government uh, participation unless you do certain things with you. Right. That's correct. Yeah. Well, there's places where um, they have said, Hey, you can't have overlapping similar coverages with insurance and FSA. Okay. Is there anything that's new this year that the listener would need to know that they don't know right now? Is there any, any big changes like that? Uh, no, everything for the most part, I feel, is carried on from last year. Um, the nice thing is uh, we are in a period of time with FSA where you can change your ARC PLC decision yearly. And, and so this is a very good time before March 15th to come in and really analyze where do I want to be with all of my insurance versus where do I want to be with FSA? Okay. So we said, we're going to talk about making more money. I got two big things on the way out the door here. Um, <clears throat> we, we know we got a good year going. 
And your point that uh, I liked was, if you think this year is so good and you're going to be so good, then you don't need insurance at all. Just go ahead. And then also a matter of just selling stuff, producing it and getting it sold. Um, do you anticipate people are going to be doing that? Yeah, I do. I, or no you think, you think insured acres are going to decline in 2022? No, I don't. Um, I think guys are going to take a heavy look at their insurance. It is, it is an expensive bill, um, but I, I don't see you know, acres of, you know, insurance declining to where guys just choose not to do insurance. Mm -hmm. I think if anything, there is more of a reason to dive into insurance and use its availability to mitigate your risk. <clears throat> Other than your, your uh, like the example where you, you saved them between the spread, your, your value proposition is I can make you more money by making sure that you have the right product because you think that sometimes there's overinsured where in a market like this, they could just do it based on how they sell their crop, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I looked at a guy um, uh, out in Southeast Georgia that, um, I mean, he, he had been going flipping between an 80 and an 85% policy. Um, and the interesting thing is once we ran his 10 years numbers, it never helped him. I mean, his best decision was, you know, to move down um, so that he did cover his cost of production, but he didn't cover any more. And then it was put onto him to use the markets and or cash sales right. to protect his price risk. Okay. So in a year like this, you think that, that uh, you think it's probably going to be more move down on percentages insured when you have the opportunity for fatter cash sales? Uh, I think it'll be very individualized. My guy this morning didn't move down at all. He stayed locked in to where he was and ended up using, you know, a little bit more insurance. Mm -hmm. um, it really just depends on how has the insurance, how has the insurance looked for you and your county over the last 10 years? Uh, I'm a producer. I just, we are hypothetical example. I'm sitting there with my thousand acres in Indiana. Uh, what what a couple of things do I need to know that make this year different than last? What, what couple of things are you going to tell me when you sit down at my table in my office and we go through stuff? What do I not know that I need to know? I think you need to know if I just spoke in general about who you're sitting across the table from, I would say you need to know that you have somebody that does know the products that are available, mm -hmm. that does know how they integrate with marketing because very quickly Instead of saving 18 bucks, I could have bought SCO and done the put spread. So I could have doubled up my cost very quickly. Um, and, and wait, real quickly. So I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I cheated during that class, apparently. Uh, or maybe I slept. I don't know. SCO, again, remind me, is? Supplemental coverage option. Okay. And ECO is enhanced coverage option. And those are, those are FSA approved those are RMA approved insurance products. Okay. And I buy that off of you. And then you talked about what was the other thing you just said? I'm doing a put, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and protect. Am I protecting all my bushels on the, the marketing side? Um, you know, that, that depends on your risk tolerance and what you want to mitigate. Mm -hmm. You know, so depending on the risk profile and how you want your profitability to look, we'll have guys that protect all their bushels. And we'll have guys that over the next couple of months, they'll step into hedges of 10, 20, 30%, and they might only get up to 60, 70% hedged. Mm -hmm. So between insurance and their hedging, they still might have a few wildcat bushels, if you will.
Yeah. You know, so gentlemen's so, bets. And so, what, yeah, are, are we talking about 20% of production that I don't have anything that I don't have committed? Oh, Damien, for you, I think that might be a very good place for you to be. Uh-huh. Um, you know, just, just from listening to your conversation, you don't want to have it all at risk, but you don't mind having 10, 15, 20%. Yeah. The guy across the table might say, I don't mind being 50% risk as long as I remain profitable all the way down. Yeah, that's the biggie right there. By the way, how much am I paying to uh, set up those hedges on a per bushel basis, on a per bushel cost? Yeah, I mean, if you're with Sylvia's Financial and you want to trade, um, we generally charge 35 bucks a side. So we're rel- we're, our expenses aren't the highest and they aren't the lowest. Okay. Um, we also have a consulting fee, um, you know, getting into the markets, running um, the software and all the fun stuff. <clears throat> you, um, you you talked about the integration, uh, crop insurance, government programs, and commodity marketing. Again, we didn't do a lot on government programs. Are there are there anything that we're is there anything we're missing in terms of that in the year twenty twenty two? No, I really don't think we're missing anything on government programs. As we mentioned, government programs are so far down, and we're so far up here. Right. So, they, do you think they don't come into play this year, Jared? I think the biggest place they come into play is not knocking you out of your insurance. I see. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that is the biggest place where you do need to know what insurance am I buying and what FSA program I am in the majority. I'm not excited about any of the FSA programs this year. That's all I needed to hear from you right there. So there's the bigger thing is just making sure that whatever your insurance picture is, it's it's compatible with what the FSA regulations are. That's the big takeaway because the programs probably aren't going to matter this year is what you're saying. That's correct. Yes, sir. So it's just a compatibility issue. And you just go to your FSA office and say, here's what I'm doing on insurance. Is that okay? And then if they say, no, you got to change your thing at FSA, you got to change it with you, right? Absolutely. <laughs> all, all easy. Yeah. So anyway, you and I are both optimistic, though. We think there's going to be money's, money's made out here. And uh, if you want to make more money, there's going to be money made this year, right? I think so, yeah. Is there, any, is there, any, right. is there any category that's going to get wounded? Tree tree, tree nuts uh, and tree fruit uh, was in a bad situation last year, is my understanding. Uh, we, we know that everything else did pretty well, really. Is there any category that gets wounded? Um, I guess cotton it depends on... Your, your cotton guys made good money. Cotton. Cotton did great. You know, cotton's all for us. It's all about the weather. Do we get rain or do we get too much rain? Mm-hmm. Um, once you're on here, you should be here the day we get our average rainfall. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's things that could disappear fairly quickly, uh, but I don't see anything that is an outlier unless you're just so optimistic you're not watching your cost. <laughs> okay. So that's the biggie. That's the biggie. Yeah. Making sure that we don't making sure that we uh we don't get so we don't get too uh drunk with profits, drunk with high corn and soybean <laughs> prices and cotton prices, uh that we uh and now cattle prices are climbing like crazy also. So don't get drunk on high commodity prices to the where you uh you, you don't keep an eye on what your cost of production is. Yep, absolutely. And Unless you got a blank check from the bank, I'd be careful. His name is Jared Clark. He's the CEO of Sylvia's Financial. Sylvia's Financial is a sponsor of this episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. Cutting the Curve, as we always say, is an opportunity for you to learn about the business side, the production side, agronomic, new trials of products, things that we're doing on the farm. We've covered everything from working with your relatives to uh, the next generation of, of agriculture to, uh, you, you know, uh, drip irrigation. We cover it all here. And today we talked about how to make more money utilizing your crop insurance packaging and also making sure that you're 
you're not leaving money on the table by spending too much on a product that you don't necessarily need, especially important now when it looks like we are in ascending commodity. It looks like crap. We are in ascending commodity prices. His name is Jared Clark. If you want to learn more about this, where do they go? Uh, go to sylviasfinancial.com or find us on any of the social media platforms. We will be yes. there. Sylvia's Financial. S-I-L-V-E-U-S. Financial. You know how to spell that. So it's financial. My name is Damian Mason. His name is Jared Clark. Until next time, thanks for being here. Thanks for being here, sir. Thank you. Till next time, it's Cutting the Curve. That's a wrap for this edition of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, brought to you by Sylvia's Financial. Sylvia's advisors show business-minded farmers how to integrate government programs with crop insurance, as well as crop and cattle marketing to achieve positive financial outcomes. Learn more at sylviasfinancial.com.